Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome to episode 55 of the Women's Running Podcast. I'm Esther Newman, editor of Women's Running, and in this episode I speak to Rachel Ann Cullen. I was originally due to chat with Rachel two years ago at Runfest Run, but she was struck down with a nasty chest infection, and it wasn't meant to be. This is the first time we've spoken since then. Rachel is a runner, writer, and author. Her best-selling debut book describes her journey to discover a better version of herself through running, following years of mental and physical struggle. Rachel has since run 12 marathons and has completed the London Marathon five times. She ran the Boston Marathon in 2018, and in addition to her running, she has cycled 480 kilometres across Costa Rica on a mountain bike. As you'll hear, she discovered running at a complicated stage in her life, but now considers it a fundamental part of her mental health toolbox, as many of us do. Rachel has lived with body dysmorphia and bipolar disorder, and talks about both of these things frankly, and how taking up running offered relief, acceptance and support. As many of us will know, the path to mental wellness is not necessarily a linear one, and she talks about that particular road, and how she has been determined to get well for the sake of her daughter. Rachel has transformed her running with the help of Polar's Vantage M2 GPS watch, Rachel uses Polar's unique, innovative technologies in her fitness and sleep routines to enhance her training, and it's so interesting to chat to Rachel here about that, after having talked to Ailish McColgan about how she uses Polar a couple of weeks ago. They're very different runners, but as you'll hear, Polar supports them both equally. Rachel is currently writing her third book due out next year, so do watch this space for that. Podcast listeners can claim the best discount we have for membership to Women's Running, which is 35% off. That's less than $2.95 a month. And for that, you get our brilliant magazine and you also get loads of money off the sorts of stuff you love, like kit, nutrition and class memberships. Go to shop.womensrunning.co.uk and enter WRPod at the checkout for your discount. Happy running. 
<laughs> um, so like I've got a whole heap of questions because I was going to speak to you a couple of years ago I think um, and I can't yeah. remember where it might have been it might have been the NRS or it might have been um, Runfit in Liverpool maybe oh it could have been oh, oh there, there was um, there's also there was a festival was it Runfest was it Runfest oh yes Run. yeah, yeah 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 that was it I think it was Runfest yeah yeah because- that's right that's right, because I'd done the London Marathon, that was 2019, and um, in the May, um, I came down with a with a chest infection. It was quite, um, you know, I'm, I'm like <laughs> talking about all these illnesses and ailments and stuff, but touch wood, I'd done, that doesn't happen very often at all, but this one hit me like a sack of mm. good ones. It really did. So I had to like just, just pull everything. I had to cancel everything. So yeah, that, that, I think that was where we were at. It, I was oh, due to yeah. come down. Oh God, that was lovely, that, that place. Oh, don't, oh, don't tell me that. It was so it was nice. A, I was so sad to miss it as well. It was really kind of, um, yeah, I was really looking forward to coming down and, and being a part of that. So yeah. But anyway, we're a few anyway. years down the line and lots has, has happened since. Lots has happened since. And our paths have crossed finally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, well, could you could you tell me about your running? Like how you got into running, maybe? Like, maybe yeah, that's, sure, that, yeah. Uh, God, so ooh, it's, it, it always, I always take a big deep breath when someone asks me that because it's, it's such a long um, story. I know I'm kind of 43 now, but... I actually, it was a bit of a false start when I started running um, and it wasn't from the most positive of, you know, like um, this girl can kick ass, I'm going to go and do this um, places. It was really from a quite a um, sort of self-deprecating place, really. I'd just been dumped by a really horrible um, ex-boyfriend and, you know, mm. When you when your self esteem's low and you're dumped by someone who's even horrible to you, you kind of know where you're at. It's, it's not a great place to be. Mm. Um, I was 17 at the time and really, really low levels of, of self esteem and self worth. And I think at that point, I kind of hit um, a real low. Um, and my motivation, and it kind of shames me a little bit to say it was that I felt as I needed to change myself in some way to just be better to kind of. I am not okay. I'm kind of, you know, even he didn't want me. So, oh, you know, it was, it was a really kind of negative. And I know that mm-hmm. that does sound like a, a different, I feel like I'm a different person now that I'm kind of, um, as, I, as I'm kind of, you know, repeating this, you know, the, the real um, sort of story to, to me beginning running. And then it was very, very, um tentative you know it was a tiny you know I'd be I'd run run walk you know it was run jog you know run jog walk um little bumps in the road were kind of you know seemingly were were hills you know everything was just very very hard you know I didn't fall in love with running um for a long time but that said something seemed to work over and and I kept on with it because that's just what I do if I if I give myself kind of a, a goal I'll you know or even just just commit to doing something I'm one of those people that just belligerently sticks to it yeah um whether or not I absolutely love it which I did um so I, f- I had this route that I would run walk jog <laughs> in various guises from mm. my mum's um front door which was probably no more than two and a half uh, miles it might have been yeah two and a half to three miles in total and that's the route that I would just do religiously. But over the period of, it was a summer while I was um, 
you know I wasn't I wasn't studying um of the summer period and I would do this route religiously and it did start to work that you know weight began to to come off but more than and people began to notice and um, so physically um there were some changes taking place <sighs> but also I wasn't aware enough to make the big connection between running is great for me because I feel better about myself but something was just um so there was some kind of I don't know if it's a synapse or something but there were connections being made on a very subconscious level that I was feeling better better somehow so you know every time I'd come back and oh god I hated that um but I would feel better in a really strange kind of kind of way so it wasn't it really wasn't a case of this kind of running epiphany and then she started running and everything was you know it just wasn't that it was kind of from a really um uh, yeah from a really quite a negative starting point that was my introduction to, to to running and I think there's something about I guess a reality check not everybody has that that epiphany when they first start running not everybody does fall in love with it um straight away not everybody can not everybody's body and mind adapts so immediately and instantaneously to get this to get it um and I was um I was one of those people I was kind of a slow burner um Mm. with it and then if we gallop um ahead oh god to when I was in my 30s that's when I really discovered running in a big way and that's kind of where this story from my um from the book that's where that that journey begins yeah yeah there's kind of two different starting points one is is the is the kind of the teen and the the other the real my love for running and the kind of the way that it was transformational for me was was much later on um when you know I set myself a goal to run the London Marathon and that was during my pregnancy and and I did that when my daughter was seven months old. Wow. And uh, what what kind of running do you do now? Um, So now I I am supposed to be in training for the London Marathon um, in October. That would be, you know, we're coming into the period now where, you know, July, 1st of July was kind of my, right, this is the the 12 week, um, the the training for that. Hmm. So just depending on, if my body responds to to kind of the the iron levels and the issue with my back, it may or may not be possible for me to do that again. Um, I've done it six times. Um, it would be my seventh time running London. So ideally, I would love to be there, but I've got to be realistic and, and see where see where we're at. Sure. And then, and you've mentioned the book. Well, you've mentioned the first book um, because there's been two so far. Yeah. Um, so at the first book, that's and that's how I got to know you as well, was the yeah. Running For My Life book, which sort of very, very frankly discusses your running and your mental health. Yeah. Can you tell me how it came about, how you how you came yeah. to write that book? Yeah, I can. Um, it's, it's very vivid, um, the recollection I have. Um, I was in the bath uh, before the London Marathon 2015, um, and by this time... I'd kind of come on this huge journey from that person who I mentioned was it was barely able to to run a two and a half mile um, circuit from my mum's um, yeah. to um, someone who'd kind of fallen in love with running and and actually discovered that I wasn't half bad at it. So in the in the autumn um, before that marathon, I'd got my my PB um, three three hours sixteen at the Yorkshire Marathon in um, wow. 
that was in yeah in the October so I was in the bath before the London Marathon 2015 and I think it was just a case of how on earth have I got here to this place where I'm expecting my goal is to run a 315 marathon that was my goal for that year mm-hmm. um and also there's a lot of there's a lot of judgment about um and it wasn't you know it, it didn't come from a, a bad a bad place but there was a lot of kind of naivety and perhaps a little bit of ignorance from people who presumed that I found marathon running easy mm-hmm. so they'd say to me things like oh well you look like a marathon runner or you'll you'll be you'll, you'll do it easily because um you've done them before and you know oh you're one of the fast ones and it'll be easy for you and there's part of me thinking that isn't the the, the story that isn't the, the truth um it isn't the reality you know I wasn't born into this kind of place where running was um anywhere on my, on my radar or fitness was anywhere in mm. a place that was accessible to me it just wasn't there were lots of barriers in the way um not only mentally you know mental health physical health um all of that type of period through teenage years where I, I really struggled with with physical activity um overeating all that kind of stuff and I really just felt strongly at that moment that I wanted to for myself, really, just to kind of process the journey that I'd been on to get to that place because it was a hell of a journey. And there was a part of me that was kind of a bit like Elf in the revolving doors when he runs round and round and round and vomits in a bin. It was a bit like this has been such a, you know, and the coming and going of running and the, the you know, my first introduction to it and then how it had changed so much from that time, how mm-hmm. it had become this, this really this fundamental part of my well-being and, and, and so much of my mental health and my life um, kind of revolved around it um, at that time. Um, so it was in the bath before that London Marathon 2015 and, and that was when yeah, I literally, with my iPad, I literally, thank God I didn't drop it in the water, but I, I did begin to tap out the first, I wrote the introduction um, mm-hmm. on, the, on that day. Wow. So, uh, and what were the events then? Can you talk me through the events that led you to writing the book? Sorry, what do you mean by the events? Well, what was what had happened to you that made you think that you had a story to tell? I guess... First of all, there's something really kind of I'm an ordinary runner, so there's nothing extraordinary about about um my story in the sense of you know yes i've I became you know a lot faster and and i i running became a a bigger thing for me than I ever thought it thought it would, but mm. I think the biggest thing for me about the story was was just the difference in the person that I used to be and the person that I was at that moment before the London Marathon 2015. And I think it was that transformation and it wasn't even about the physical transformation. It was about the mental journey that I'd been on, mm-hmm. um, which to me, I felt as though, I guess in a way I might've been, re- you know, kind of trying to reach out and see how, if there are other people out there that felt the same, that had been through the same thing. It was, it may well, it may well have been my kind of attempt at have other people gone through this. You know, surely I'm not on my own having kind of gone through this kind of journey from a person who felt so removed from physical 
activity and and health and you know running and other activities not just running to a place where it's a fundamental part of their well-being and I think it was my hope I guess that other people would be able to relate to that journey um and I never wanted to write a self-help you know a self-help book that's not my my way but what I do what I found a lot of value in is reading other people's stories and just hearing about their experiences. I find that a really helpful way of kind of relating to my own. So Mm -hmm. I think perhaps it was my way of just documenting the truth behind that journey. Um, And also just trying to kind of put the feelers out and see, you know, who else has has been on this kind of journey? Who else is, is this something that other people can relate to? And and as it, as it happened, a lot of people could. Yeah. I was going to ask that. I mean, was it a hard book to write? Was it hard to put yourself out there so much? Um, I think I was quite quite naive, really, in the sense of um, I didn't really <laughs> I didn't really understand how much of myself I was opening up, um, really. But that said, I was given a lot of really good advice and support. Um, so the publishers, you know, were brilliant. We um, we made sure that whatever was out there, it was safe for me. Um, so nothing has ever, nothing went into to print that, you know, it felt like it was really kind of on, you know, worrying ground. Um, you know, for my daughter and, and my family mm-hmm. and things and everything that I had a long time to write and edit this book. Um, so that, you know, the, we'd go many, many times, you know, I must have read it thousands of times and everything felt to be, it's my, again, I'm going to sound a bit, a bit Oprah here, but it's my truth. It's my story. And I was very happy that it was a true recollection of my journey and, and thoughts. And, and I couldn't have been, any more honest I don't think than than that but it but yes it was it was it was a shock to start hearing from people who'd read the who'd read the book that was a real surprise and initially I wasn't really sure what I was expecting Mm. (laughs) but some of the you know people would share really intimate um details about their own experiences and, and it really made me um aware of how many things we had in common there's so many of us have been through these these things and what what was fascinating about it was we may have had different experiences in life so we may not have traveled exactly the same path but we had shared experiences we'd felt the same way even though our paths may have been very different Mm -hmm. and really that continued and it right up to to today you know I still get you know some people will just write a, you know, a little um thank you for sharing story and other people will literally share aspects of their mental health the journey that they've been on mm-hmm. um so it, it's become apparent that by me sharing my story it's in, it's opened other people up to be able to relate to certain aspects um mm-hmm. which i guess was you know is is a is a good thing yeah, no, that's it's wonderful. So, did did you get kind of were you overwhelmed by the response? I mean, was, was there lots of it? Yeah, I mean, it's you know, God, there weren't you know, there were not proverbial sackfuls of 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 of, <laughs> of, of, of posts, but but um, yeah, I guess I was 
shocked by the the number of people who felt able to to relate to my experiences but not just the the number the, the range of people mm. the, you know in in different countries of different ages men and women um you know people you know anywhere between you know from 60 plus to to 28 you know there are so many different types of people who mm. were reaching out to me and kind of sharing parts of the, the story, which obviously um, had been motivated by some aspect of, of, my, of my experience. I think, yes, it surprised me, but more that the, the huge range of, of people and all of the things that we had in common, there seemed to be so many threads that kept cropping up all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, I mean, you went on to write, a second book, yeah, which was less about running and more about cycling. Um, <laughs> but um, I know that that was prompted by um, by getting an injury. I think, yeah, that was now. It's it's quite interesting, really, because now I'm here and I've had some um, some diagnoses with you know I've got the iron levels yet yeah, tick. We can do something with that. I've got the the, the lumbar. Um, issue tick we can we can work with that this was weird in 2017 I didn't know what was wrong um but suddenly everything kind of fell apart with the running I didn't have the support around me at the time that 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 perhaps I I needed and then what happened um mental health um my mental health just fell apart um, at the time and I really because was of, was that a, a, because you weren't running yeah it, it was the loss of, of running yeah absolutely and I just was not in a place mentally where I was able to to deal with that prospect because you know in reflection so much of my this newfound self-esteem and self-worth had been attached to the running and the increasing sort of performances and you know all of the kind of you know feeding the ego I guess is 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 where we're at and I began to really just just push myself too hard in in 2016 um classic things you know not enough rest not enough recovery probably inadequate um fueling but all of those things it just turned a corner for me and began to began to break me down so then when it did fall apart in 2017 it was very strange how it happened I was on a doing a 10k race um and a a mile into the race um my legs just just like fire down the back of my legs and I just had to pull over and nothing was broken nothing was there there was no pulled tendon but it was literally the pain was 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 so shocking it was like electric shock just going straight down um the back of like so the St John's ambulance had to kind of come and take me back to the start but from that moment I had to learn a a big lesson and and that was that my self-worth cannot hinge entirely on running and there were issues that had been left unresolved um and to some extent, running it kind of masked that, uh, those issues. So when that was stripped away, I was kind of faced with the prospect of, right, you need to dig deeper now and go into those parts of yourself that you perhaps didn't want to confront and to really pick out all of those things and, and face them head on. Because to just keep going on and on and on and bashing yourself with this 
ego driven running, which is what it, it had become at that point, mm-hmm. um, had just turned into something that was, yeah, that was breaking me down um, rather than kind of, in my mind, it was my, my mental health was still entirely dependent on, on running, but actually it had just turned into something, something else. So, so what did you do? How did you? Yeah. So I, like I said, I really struggled. Um, I did one thing that was kind of fundamental to, to my recovery going forward, which was, um, nothing to do with running or riding a bike or anything. And that was to get help with body dysmorphia, which was the, the condition that came raging back um, with the loss of, of running. And it just did. It, it was just like um, it came roaring back into play on a daily basis. And it, and it was very clear that I needed help with that. So that's what I did. I took steps to, to get some, some um, proper clinical help. How does that manifest itself? Oh, it's, it's a horrible it's a horrible um condition it's it's basically an obsession over picking yourself apart so um for me it would be um things like um and it sounds so sorry to break off the sentence there but it it Mm -hmm. sounds so kind of self-absorbed and and i'm very aware when i'm talking about um, body dysmorphia that for people who have never experienced it or, or, or literally don't get it um, it sounds like someone who is extremely vain or um, constantly you know obsessed about their appearance some kind of narcissistic thing and it isn't that it, it, it's it can be um, really really socially debilitating um, it, you, it can result in things like um, skin picking and um, where you don't see a flaw but then you think you see something so you end up literally picking away at your, at your skin hands on, and and face um it can mean that you don't want to get out of your car outside the school to drop your child off because you're so ashamed of the, of the way that you look because you, you you look grotesque um today because what you see in the mirror is is something different to that that a rational person <laughs> that, that any other person would see um it can mean that you don't make it to work one day because you, you simply can't get out of your front door because you feel so um so appalling about certain um mm-hmm. aspects of your appearance that so it can manifest in, in so many different ways that the impact on daily life um and literally suck hours out of your day um, it can mean that you constantly seek um, reassurance from those people close to you, which can be very damaging for, for things like for relationships. Um, you know, I, I was even asking my daughter, you know, repeatedly time and time again. Um, she was five at the time. And, and, you know, I think it was that at that point that I realised this is going to damage her this if she sees and picks picks up on on this this is going to damage her going forward and mm-hmm. um, so all of these things were kind of just just flooding into my into my days and in my life and so I took the steps to get the to get the help that I needed for that which was thank goodness um very successful and so along with that I mean in terms of of that the second book as well you're talking about cycling obviously so did that yeah. then become also a part of your yeah so I think with cycling and I've got to put the caveat out there 
I just don't love cycling. I love running, but I'm, I just, I just don't love it. It's just, a fact. I'm not going to lie um, about that. But what I did enjoy during that period was setting myself a new challenge to discover some something new. Um, and I think it was really good for my confidence because I didn't honestly believe that I could ride a bike. So it was kind of learning completely from scratch. And I think there was something about that challenge which was really good for me to get hold of mentally to just see the progression again and to believe that I could learn to do this other people can ride a bag so why can't I do that so I think it was really good for me to get my head into something completely new and all of the challenges that kind of come with that um and I did have a ball you know I had a great time and you know I ended up um cycling from the Pacific Ocean to the um to the Caribbean coast that was on a that was with a group um it was incredibly tough and did that in November 2017 but to know that I was able to, to do that from a place of again not <laughs> not knowing how to change gears and kind of having this oh my god that's just for other people mm-hmm. it came at a good time for me but it would never fulfill the role that, that that running did. But yeah, at the time it kind of, it filled a need in me mentally and physically probably to get the endorphins going as well. Um, mm. But I think the, the learning and the kind of exploring something new was a really helpful way for, along with the body dysmorphia, um, the therapy, it was good for me to kind of have that to hang on to. Yeah. Yeah. I can understand that. And, so what would you say, I mean, do you, do you still cycle now? I haven't done just simply because I've been, I've been running again. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had all the, um, the NAF weather and, and every other excuse in, in the world. And I did go and get my, um, my chains. <laughs> I had some new chains put on my bike, but you know, my running um, through lockdown and, you know, up to, to now I've rediscovered my love of, of running and, you know, that's really helped me during the pandemic and and it's just the cycling I'm happy to jump on a bike anytime and 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 have a you know have a ride around but Mm -hmm. it's just you know things come in kind of seasons and I guess I'm in the place now where um you know I'm I'm enjoying the the other stuff that I'm doing at the the moment so the, the the biking's kind of fallen by the wayside for a year or so but that said I'm I'm really pleased that running came back and kind of in a, in a healthier, um, yeah, in a healthier, more holistic kind of appreciative way. Um, yeah. It came back and, and really helped me and my daughter. She's she's ten now, but it really helped us both during lockdown. So I'm very grateful that that happened. So, I mean, would you say that running is like an intrinsic part of your kind of mental health toolkit? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I would say that definitely. Um, but what I would say on top of that, it isn't the only thing in it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, literally, that's the difference. It's kind of since this issue, you know, I went for a run the other day and I'm tentatively sort of taking steps um, back. I'm doing all I can to kind of rehab and things, but mm-hmm. I'm not broken mentally this time. Um you know, I've got other things that I can do. I love doing yoga, body balance and kind of walking. Um, I don't need running like I used to need it. And actually, if we're breaking that down even more, my ego doesn't need feeding. It's kind of, I've pulled them apart. And so, you know, I'm loving 
running for all of the things it brings to my life, but I'm I'm okay. <laughs> sort of not without it. You know, I love having running in my life and I don't want to kind of put that put that out there because you know, I, I love it and it's a massive part of, of of what I do and it's brought so much joy to my life. Um, but it isn't the only thing that my mental health depends on. Yeah, I think I, I, that just I, that seems so true, so valid mm. that it can be. It's so difficult, I think, when you 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 discover running and then running becomes mm. part of your kind of essential me time and kind of mental health mm. support. And then if it goes because of injury, particularly. Yeah, you're left with this void, aren't you? Yeah, and, and to have other things that you can pull on that will support yeah. you, whether that's exercise or non-exercise things. Yeah, and yeah, I think that's um, it's useful to have a whole toolkit. Like everyone talks about the mental health toolkit. Yeah. And I think if you've got like some bits and pieces that are underneath the top layer. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree, Esther. I totally agree with that. And and I think the other thing to mention, and it's a lesson that I had to to learn. My self worth is not. Um, sort of symbiotic with um, with outcome with my performance. So, for example, you know, if I do a half marathon and I don't get the, the PB that um, you know it's years since I've got a half marathon for for a PB, um, it doesn't mean I'm worth any less. Um, and you know, if I do that marathon and you know I don't get the the time that that I'm after that my chimps kind of you should be getting you know you know I've I've done you know a couple of examples I did the Dubai Marathon 2016 and I did Boston in 2018 Boston Marathon and both of them were incredibly tough races the Boston Marathon it was the worst weather condition in in the race's 122 year history absolutely whooped my ass it was it was it was monsoon gale the nightmare that you that you would imagine for your dream race um, and I came in kind of, you know, 19 minutes slower than my PB. Um, you know, that's tough to take. But when you consider the circumstances around that event, you know, you've got to be able to put put things into context. So I think just the ability to be okay with the best that you can do on that day is not to say don't strive for personal best and for achievement because I know what that feels like and, and it's a great thing to to kind of – um challenge yourself and and it's brilliant when we get those those um sort of accomplishments it's, it's great to get the, the you know to be so proud because you've you've managed to to, to tick that box but it can't be um symbolic of, of your self-worth it just can't yeah. because what happens if, if if you don't get the pb on that on that day what happens if the weather conditions mean that you're in a headwind for 26 miles what happens if the Dubai um, sort of the, the sun is is so hot on that day that that you you can barely keep moving forward because you're about to drop dead like a, a burnt crisp on the what happens in that, in that scenario? So I think just to ease off and and appreciate what you can do on any given day mm. is kind of a tightrope um, that I've had to learn to kind of walk along that tightrope. Where of course I want to you know still run decent marathons I want to qualify for Boston again go back and hopefully not run in a monsoon but mm. my body can do as much as it can do and I have to respect what it can do on any on any given day and my self-worth cannot be dependent on that it sounds I sounds really super cheesy but it does sound like you've been on a journey it's, it does sound <laughs> like you are a different person 
now than potentially you were yeah I don't know how short is the time frame between start to finish so between what the kind of the change I think I think the the real the shock came at the Dubai Marathon in 2016 that was when mentally um I ran that in 3.39 um was absolutely destroyed because it was so far off my personal best um, and what happened on that day and the next day will will, will be etched into my um, memory for forevermore because I forced myself to go and run the next day um, on broken legs um, oh in tears because my little chimp was telling me that was not good enough, Rachel. You need to go out and you need to run harder and you need to try harder and this is not good enough. And that was really the the, the turning point. Because for me, the damage that I did to myself on that day, physically, on your muscles are shattered after a marathon. <laughs> Anybody knows that. You need to give yourself a week, some two weeks, you know, whatever you need to do. But if you've if you've tried your best on 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 that day to get up, and because there's a voice in your head telling you that it's not good enough to go out and and try and smash yourself into bits the next day I think that was just a turning point and from there it took a little while for that to sink in but then my body let me know in the January um 2017 so it was kind of that was the real a real line in the pun line in the sand um for me where things began to I couldn't carry on um Mm -hmm. on that on that trajectory so I think we're talking 2016 to to now to now yeah 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 and um i've heard whispers of a third book i don't yes. know if that's true so what's going it on is, there then yeah so this and i absolutely love this this project um we've kind of touched on it um already a little bit the idea came to me um about 10 months ago um on the back of other people sharing their stories with me over the past three years and so many of them are just incredible stories. It made me could just kind of realise how many people we see out there, you know, cross the street running, see them at the races, you know, will you say hi to the faces in the park, you see them running around. So many of these people have incredible stories and I wanted to to write about, to share their stories because it felt as though I've already had the gift of hearing so many of them because people have have kind of approached me with aspects of our stories that are familiar. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wanted to kind of explore what it is that that binds us and what is it about our shared experiences, even though we've we've been on different paths, that why do we connect in this way and what is it that that kind of binds us? Um, So I came up with the idea of, of... of doing that um sort of writing you know about other people's experiences and these are everyday runners these are runners people just like me who you know we haven't gone out and and you know run a, an olympic qualifying standard you know we're not the fastest person over any given distance but there is a real depth and a real strength to our running and there's a it plays a fundamental part in our well-being um and that comes from so many you know there's so many incredible stories and um, people dealing with grief um the loss of 
you know, the loss of a, of a mum, the loss of a, of a child, you know, illness, cancer diagnoses. Um, you know, these are incredible stories of just everyday resilience. And, and you know, I'm at the point now where I'm about halfway through writing it. Uh, I've been supported by, I approached Zorkney with the project and in, immediately they, they kind of wanted to support Zorkney UK. They wanted to, to back me on it. Um, as did um, Polar, they see the value in sharing our everyday stories mm. um, and just pulling this. It's like a spider silk. It kind of it binds us. We can't see it necessarily, but it's just there. It's something that we have in common. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yes, I'm I'm writing that, um, publishing it with um, with Vertebrate, who are responsible for Damien um, Damien Hall's. Um, Run, they, they do a lot of outdoor running book, books. I'm really thrilled um, to be working with them. Um, so we're hoping to publish that in spring 2022. Oh, how exciting. Can't wait to see it. Um, <laughs> well, you've, you've talked about Polar. So um, let's, let's chat about Polar a little bit um, yeah. because I know they support you. So yeah. um, what is so good about it? What do you use it for? Well, I think the first thing is it feels like it's a watch I want to wear. So just anyway, it just it's a lovely it's a lovely thing to I've got it on now. It's just a lovely thing to to, mm-hmm. to wear. So it's not like there's some big clunky, bunky thing. It's it's it kind of just with me day in day out. Um, and what I find about it, it's just easy to use. I find it really easy to sort of navigate my way around it, and the data is really helpful. Um, so for example, the running index. Um, I, I use that quite a lot just to, just to tell me, you know, it gives you a vague idea of where you're at and um, the predictions for the different distances. I find that to be really quite accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like a fair, a really fair reflection. Um, I don't find it demoralising. Um, some of the other watches I've, I've tried, and we won't name names because we're not doing that, but <laughs> it can be quite demoralising to kind of have you know, if you're going out and for example, if I've, if I've been um, diagnosed with having, you know, I'm not anemic, but I've got low iron. So um, rather than a watch kind of telling me um, I'm being underproductive, it doesn't, (laughs) it it doesn't do that, which is kind of a little thing that's, that's kind of helpful. Um, Mm. So I think it's just, easy to use it's been easy for me to kind of navigate away from another watch there wasn't a big barrier with terms of uploading um different software etc it was very mm-hmm. easy um and i just i've just naturally found it it's a bit like with the, the the apple or the mac it's a bit it's kind of instinctive and i find that to be really helpful because i don't have to think about it really i can just i can just use it and it does what i want it to do yeah um, do you use the heart rate training aspect? Yeah, of I do. And actually, this is a really important um, point. I use the chest strap. And one of the key um, reasons for me being aware that there was a, the potentially something not quite right um, was with the heart rate training because I was constantly um, unable to reach the higher heart rates. Oh, okay. Um, so when I flagged this up with my coach, we'd kind of looked at the stats and 
it is it's reliable you've got you've got the chest strap on it's like this is just this is what's happened mm-hmm. um, and that was when it you know it kind of was flagged up to to nick that hang on a minute i think we need to check what's going on here because it's unusual for you to just be stuck in this kind of relatively mid level mm-hmm. heart rate um range so even when I was going kind of, you know, balls out, it just wouldn't get to the level that I know it, it should be getting to from, you know, year, a couple of years back, for example. Mm. And then we'd, we'd do the test and lo and behold, um, the iron levels are low. So really mm. it's kind of, it's helped me to take the tests I need to, to find out what's going on. Um, yeah, God, so that's, been that's so interesting. I just yeah. technology today is yeah. absolutely bonkers. I love the fact yeah. But essentially, a watch mm. has led you to discover yeah. that you, you need yeah. to sort of top up your nutrition yeah. in some way. Yeah. Shape or form. Like, and I know that my dad had this as well. He he's got an Apple Watch, but it was because of the Apple Watch and because of looking at heart rate on that that mm. he found some issue with his heart because his heart kept yeah. on dipping down. And he didn't realise there was anything abnormal about it at all. But uh, and, 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 yeah. and that's and that's crazy if you think about it because had it not been for that. Um, you know, for me, and I wear it religiously and I don't go on even, you know, just, just when I'm on the treadmill or um, whatever mm-hmm. the run is, long, short, easy, doesn't matter. I wear my um, chest strap religiously. I just do it because I want to know and have that data. Yeah. But yeah, over time, you know, it's all there in front of you. So if you're saying, right, okay, well, you know, hang on, why is my heart rate not getting above 170 when I know for a fact that, you know, it should be getting in the 180s. If I'm going all out on a, you know, for a 5K, if I'm doing mile reps, you know, this is just not right. So with the stats in front of you, mm-hmm. like you say, you can do something with that. You know, it may not give you the the reason. It may not say to you, um, oh, well, actually, Rachel, you're right, love, <laughs> to love. but it gives you enough to do the exploratory um, kind of tests that you need to find out what's going on so that was a, a key one for, for me and, and it really it is thanks to that that, that the iron levels are detected yeah oh god that's fascinating absolutely fascinating um and i wanted to talk to you too because it just just looking at the stuff that you've done online um i mean you've done so many adventures like proper adventures <laughs> um, which which of those are which which of those are the most memorable i guess Oh God! Um, yeah, you have to give me a pick of a pick of three here. Um, <laughs> it's it's funny because it, it it's almost like um, I think when you've come from a place where your self worth is 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 so low and you find difficulty enjoying any aspect of of normal everyday life, um, I think then when you kind of take the steps and you know in the early days I was kind of on the prescribed uh, mental health medication which helps me for for a time but I think when you realize and you find that that kind of joy for, for living I think it's the sharp contrast between the two that kind of you want more of that you want to you want to live fully and um, mm-hmm. so I think it's it's the it's the dark and the light it's kind of when you know what it's like to not be in that place and to have your daily joy just sapped um and have no sense of self-worth when you discover the things that make you feel alive you want more of those things um 
So, yeah, I think, you know, during my 20s, I mean, I even struggled during my 20s with, with drink and careers and all of that stuff. But, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd do things that just gave me that um, excitement and that sense of, yeah, I'm going to remember this. I am going to remember um, this moment. And, and, yeah, I'm a bit terrified of jumping out of the plane um, <laughs> or, or, of you know, of abseiling, you know, off Table Mountain. Um or, you know, the experience of, of climbing up Mount Fuji. It was almost like just wanting to live fully um, because the alternative is, is now thankfully removed. You feel like, you, like you've removed yourself from the alternative. So it's kind of a, of a, of a, of a willingness and a desire to fully embrace life. Um, so all of those things, I mean, just some of the silliest ones, I remember riding an ostrich um, <laughs> and just, and just, yeah, just the surreal, yeah, the surreal aspect of kind of just this person holding the, in South Africa, this person holding this ostrich and me kind of, of straddling it. And then, you know, they do ostrich racing. It's like, who knew that? And um and yeah, like the, the, the cycling adventures, meeting some amazing people who, you know, similarly to myself, but for very different reasons, they choose to to put themselves out there and experience life fully. You know, they choose to, you know, as one woman on the back of um, her husband left her after 20 odd years of, of marriage, she went out to Costa Rica and wanted by herself to cycle from, you know, she's in her 50s. And she took it upon herself to live fully um, because, you know, on the back of this this thing that had just devastated her. Um, and I think it's it's just being in that, being in that um, mindset, that one of, um, yeah, I will always have these memories to kind of look back on and, and you know, have a wry smile and, and and laugh and be thankful for meeting some of the, you know, so many of the people on the way. And yeah. that's been true for running. Um, <clears throat> the running adventures, you know, going over to Dubai and, and d- doing that, running in Font Ramon, discovering the Paula Radcliffe Trail, you know, <laughs> seeing Mo Farah on the track, um, you know, in the, the, this place, it's an altitude, you know, all these experiences make life rich. And, and I guess it's, that for me has been a really probably the biggest driver um and again I'm kind of psychoanalyzing myself but I can only imagine that comes from a place of having once um been so far removed from any of that um mm-hmm. joy and that that sense of life um that I am just now gravitated towards it because I know the alternative yeah yeah I can understand that too completely I mean do you, do you think, um, or ha- have you had to sort of recalibrate what you perceive as being adventure sort of post having your daughter? Um, I don't think recalibrate. Yeah, I don't think so from, from having Tilly. I think in a way she kind of, maybe I, maybe I, I don't know, matured in a, in a sense. I'm not sure. But I think when Tilly was born, one of the big things for me was I wanted to, it was a need to to find myself and to live bigger on the sort of the the, the other side of, of motherhood, which mm-hmm. terrified me. Um, so I think having tills, it was almost um, 
it was almost a catalyst to 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 do more um and it just so happened that my way of doing that was largely you know from from running but if i look at my life before and the challenge you know, the kind of experiences that i had which you know were more based on things like like i say working on a game reserve you know i did that you know, that was very much in, in my 20s and experiencing travel and and all those things which are great mm-hmm. but when i had my daughter more of it was actually based around what can I do physically? What can I be a part of? What can I achieve in the sense of what can my body do? But it, it felt to change somewhat um, into becoming a, maybe more sporting based or, you know, the running and, and the, the, I've got a photo up, up there of me doing the cross bay half marathon, marathon, half marathon across sand. I mean, these things were more based around what am I capable of rather than just experiences that kind of are ticked off a yeah. bucket list of things to do. So I think, and, and I think the reason for that is because I always wanted my daughter to grow up with a mum who she saw live full a mum who could who would live fully who was who put herself out there and who kind of um tried these experiences and kind of challenged herself in that sense I think Tilly having her did motivate me in a different way but it was more mm-hmm. to do with what can I accomplish and, and how big can I live how how much can I squeeze out of life uh, whereas if I look into my 20s and I'm thinking you've got a decade there that I could have done so much more mm-hmm. um, so really the catalyst was for, for kind of adventure and you know we're not there are so many people who've had you know who've gone these these mega um, you know real adventures and they go traveling for months and months and it, it, mine's quite tame in, in relation to that but I think having Tilly I just wanted her to have a mum who lived fully um and who she saw uh with a with a joy for life which is something that I I I couldn't and didn't see my mum have yeah I, I mean it also sounds I mean you say live fully but it also sounds like what you're kind of you know what you're demonstrated to her is is bravery because a lot of the things that you're doing like you say you're putting yourself out there I think you yeah know, it's not just the adventures it's everything everything that you're doing you know yeah um, there seems to be a lot there yeah and I think you know that yeah and, and I do I, I agree with that and I try I've kind of had to grow into grow into this place where you know I am comfortable and confident talking about my experiences um she sees me she sees me doing this she sees me having conversations and and, and sharing my experiences and I want her to to and I want her to see me me doing that and, and being um being open and honest um, mm-hmm. about my past. I don't want her to, to, you know, to kind of see me sort of shrivel away or, or, or be ashamed of the things that, that, that I've gone through. You know, I think there's something about just, you know, we all have a story and, and, you know, if, if we are brave enough to kind of open up and share that, it will resonate with other people and a lot of good can, can come from that. So she's kind of seen me, she's seen me become over the last 10 years, this kind of uh, reluctant extrovert, probably (laughs) this, this person who I'm actually, this would, this, this would have horrified me um, 
in a, in a time gone by, but actually it matters so much to me and all the, the, the things that I've, the joy that, that I've experienced and all of the, um, the richness of my life over the past 10 years, you know, that is really all down to discovering this, this little seed of what if we explore um, the prospect? What if we um, run this marathon? What if we, we try this race? You know, what, what if? Mm-hmm. So I, I, she's kind of seen me, I guess, grow into this person who um, is happy to share a lot of the the positive aspects of, of that, and, and it hasn't all been plain sailing. Of course, of course not. Nobody's life is is perfect, and nobody's without the struggles. Mm. Um, but I think wherever possible, to share in the things that work for you, and to share in the the possibility in life. There's so much possibility. You know, it's possible to to reach out and connect and get Perler and Sorkin to support a book I'm writing. That's possible. You know, it's it's possible to to um, you know to to run a marathon when when she was um, seven months old. That was that was possible. I didn't really know how it would happen, but it did. It was possible, and I think mm-hmm. from there, it's kind of um, it, it kind of grows. It builds in momentum, and you begin to believe that that more is possible. And that isn't in an egotistical way. It's just in a life can can bring amazing things your way and you can be a part of that or you can you can you cannot and really it's it's your choice I guess yeah you, you talk very eloquently about how you're passionate about empowering women mm. um and I, I I guess that that would also in, include your daughter mm. um and it, I mean what how do you feel that you're empowering them? Is it through your own experiences? Is that is that how? Yeah, I think that? it sounds a little bit grandiose to kind of say, you know, perhaps you know, it isn't me that's that's empowering anybody, I, I guess. But I think it's more about being being able to be honest about your experiences, mm-hmm. and if if you see another woman who is is open and you know, honest about the things, the struggles that she's been through, about the things that that helped and the things that didn't, about the times when things worked and the times when they fell apart. I think there's something really big um, and and powerful in in that honesty. And I think especially in a in a world where there is so much spin on things and 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 you know we can all kind of turn into this Instagram perfect life scenario and and celebrity status etc but when it comes down to it my daughter knows that I'm very honest uh, about the things that that have been great and about the things that I'm very proud of and about the things that I'm not and the mm-hmm. things that, that, that have not worked out and and I think if she can learn anything from me it's about yeah be brave enough to put yourself out there and, and to try and also just be honest about how you're feeling. Um, and, yeah. and, you know, it's okay to, to kind of, you don't have to put the sheen on, on things. And, um, you know, we don't all feel fantastic every single day, but it's, it's, yeah. And I guess maybe, you know, if I look at the Instagram shiny selfies <laughs> that I post, hopefully there's a bit of positivity. Well, you know, I'd hope that there's, there's positivity in there because it's, it's perhaps it shows that 
for somebody who did come from a place as such little um, self-worth and self-esteem, there is a way forward. There's a different story that can be written. There is a different story to be told. And it doesn't have to be that where you are right now, however dark and however bleak it may seem and however unempowered you are, that mm. doesn't have to be your story. It just doesn't. And I think, you know, for for my daughter, I want her to know that she doesn't have to have those those horrible boyfriends. She doesn't have to be called fat um, and to be kicked off her own bed and sleep on the floor the night before her A-level exam. She doesn't have to do that. She can stand up and say, I'm better than this and I deserve better than this. And actually, this is not okay. Um, so I think it's just about her finding a voice and hopefully... Um, if she sees me using mine, that's yeah. got to be that's got to be something that you know will will help her in in, in the future. Yeah, I love that. I think, um, and, I, and I thoroughly agree. Sorry, I, did, I think when I phrased the question, it was a bit like, "How are you, Rachel, <laughs> going to empower all <laughs> women?" <laughs> that's quite a big responsibility, isn't it? But I think yeah. it's um, yeah. it's absolutely a collective responsibility. Yes. Yeah, and. Um, and you know what? I, I like. I love. Um, I love this now. I love the conversations I can have with my kids mm. because of living now. You know that because we have this kind of. We've got the vocabulary. We've yes. got the experiences. Yeah. And and you know we can talk about our mental health very openly. Yeah. We can talk about you know sexism. We can talk about racism. Mm. We can yeah. have these conversations. And I mean, I don't think I'm probably over egging the conversation pudding by saying that I probably have those conversations on a daily basis when I walk my kids to school yeah because something will come up and it'll just be you know quite a kind of light conversation but I love that and I you know sometimes I get quite cross with people who are incredibly nostalgic for I don't know some other time and and (laughs) I I don't like nostalgia because I sort of sit here and I think well a I like now because there's deodorant and and (laughs) b I like now because we can have these yeah. conversations I never had conversations yeah. like this with my parents yeah I just think it's amazing yeah and I totally agree Esther and, and I think actually something that you've just mentioned it really resonates with me and that is the conversations that I have with Tilly when we're outside walking they are just the best times for us to really connect and what I do on most days um if I'm able to given you know timings and things um I'll park a mile and a half away from school, walk to pick her up and then we walk back together. Mm-hmm. And it's during that time that we just have those conversations exactly as you describe. And, and that is, there's a real, whether it's because we're outside, whether it's because we're moving, you know, we'll sit on a bench and have a drink and I'll take her a snack or something, but there's a real honesty about that time. And it's a very special time for us. And I think as you, as you describe, it's been able to connect in that way and really to, to be again it's been kind of jumped on this authentic you know it's all kind of all gone all sort of self-care and all the rest of it but there's a real authenticity about having those conversations about the simple things in life that bring us so much joy um and that's just as you've said with with your children that's exactly the same with with me and Tilly and if nothing and if nothing else you know, on the back of, you know, me sharing my story and, and putting myself out there, you know, I want Tilly to, um, yeah, just to, to know that, you know, rightly or wrongly, it's with the best intention that I've done that. And I haven't gone out to save the world and I haven't gone out to, to empower women, but what I've gone out to do is to tell an honest story yeah. um, and to kind of, you know, 
for her to know that she doesn't have to um suffer in silence if you know in any context you know she can be honest and open and she can be brave and she can go and she can grab life and she can um do with it whatever she whatever she wishes yeah I think that's that's lovely I think and there is something to be said for that walking thing it's a bit like like I'm I'm gradually understanding why people now run with other people which has been quite a long time coming but um, (laughs) being able to have conversations when you're side by side so you're not face to face Mm. Um, and there's a with yeah. running that works it turns out and with walking particularly yeah. with my son and and it turns out you know he is absolutely his mother's son in terms of kind of com- like talking yeah. about you know his feelings and things like that yeah. it takes a little while for him to talk about it but on the way to school it works because yeah. we're, just, we're shoulder to shoulder so it doesn't feel like yeah and, and there's something really special about it as well because if you think about it when you're sitting around the dinner table, for example, it can seem so kind of um, staid and it can all seem mm-hmm. so staged and a little bit, a little bit kind of um, nothing flows as, as easily. So she would never talk to me about some of the stuff that she does at the dinner table. I mean, for starters, the husband's there and it's all a different dynamic, but mm-hmm. there's just a, a fluidity to when we're out um, walking and, you know, we we've done we we ran a lot together through through lockdown not very far she's not she's only 10 but mm-hmm. you know there were the times that we really did have that that connection and like you say it, it isn't because you're sitting squarely opposite someone kind of drilling into the soul it's it, there's a freedom um that comes with just you're just out you're just walking it's just yeah. so simple and but it has a profound effect so uh, yeah i totally agree with you yeah yeah so um Tell me what what are you doing this week? Tell me what you're running this week. I want to know. Right, okay. So I am I'm doing alternate days this week. So I'm just trying to get myself back into back into things. I had the um, the steroid epidural last Wednesday. I had a few days where I couldn't run. Um, so today I've done I've done yoga. Tomorrow I'm doing I'm doing a run at Lonely Bee, probably around five or six miles. Mm-hmm. Um, day after I'll do the strength and and the core work that I need to do um seeing the physio on Friday but for the next few weeks it's literally going to be just um day on day off just see if I can build up nice and gradually um and that's a lovely place to be because there's no pressure it's literally you know I'm doing everything I can Mm -hmm. to um improve my iron levels and to to sort out the dodgy lumber but if I can just take it nice and steady and not put that not put any pressure on myself you know hopefully we'll we'll turn a corner in, in a couple of weeks but to be here and saying this to you without having a mental oh my god um is is quite big and it, it feels like that's progress that sounds that does sound like progress so if, it's not, <laughs> if it's not pbs anymore what is it what drives you well it's not pbs but I still have goals so for example I want to qualify for Boston again so I want to qualify to run the Boston Marathon um to do that I need to get a sub 330 I've run 330s um before that should be within my um capability it's mm-hmm. just a case of it will either be at London um or it will be at another marathon later in in the year um depending on how quickly I can I can come back so yeah we're not you know I'm not um going for a 315 you know I've got a, a 316 um, time which is my PB but I still have goals I still want to be able to 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 run well and to do what I feel I should be capable of but it's not it's not an obsession of oh my god I've, I've been there before and I can never quite get there again it's literally right why do I want to go back to Boston I want to go back to Boston because I ran in a 
hellish um, rain um, sort of monsoon mm. storm. And I want to go back again and experience that in hopefully better conditions. And, and unfinished I business. Yeah, it feels a bit like unfinished business and that is my goal. And, and it's a really big driver for me. I don't need to run 316 to get there. I need to run three thir- sub 330 mm-hmm. um, and that should be should be possible. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in a place where I'm enjoying my running at, at the moment, but there is still that kind of, my aspiration is to to do that because yeah, there is some unfinished business there and I feel like I should be capable of that, but it's not it's not out of reach it doesn't seem as though it is oh <laughs> <laughs> look um the best of luck with your training and your kind of recuperation from all of that and uh, I hope all the running goes well gets better and better which I'm sure it will do thanks Esther well I'm 43 years young so hopefully we've got we've got a lot of time to kind of build back up on nice the back time. yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> I found Rachel utterly inspirational. I hope you did too. I'll give you a shout as soon as I hear about her next book. This podcast was recorded over Zoom. The editor and composer was David Newman. Please hit like and subscribe. That way you won't miss the next episode. Podcast listeners can claim the best discount we have for membership to Women's Running, which is 35% off. That's less than two ninety five a month. Go to shop.womensrunning.co.uk and enter WRPOD at the checkout for your discount. Happy running. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.